Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another interesting, hopefully, discussion, another Minecraft discussion on all things well-being. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am very happy to be here today with all of you um, <clears throat> to talk about sort of letting go of the need to weatherproof. So so just step one here, remember that we're all about the brain. Oh, that's what Minecraft is all about, the brain, and becoming the boss of that brain. And this has everything to do with what we allow in our heads because thoughts come first, then feelings, and then actions or behaviors. So literally, our thoughts dictate our lives. So that's really what Minecraft is about, which leads right into the whole idea of weatherproofing. So think about what it means to weatherproof, right? We go around, we storm windows, we're trying to you know, look for what's broken or cracked, look for ways that cold air is getting in or hot air is getting out, you know, or whatever like that. And we can take this sort of weatherproofing, uh, you know, habit into our lives, you know, relationships also. So before we go another second, I do want to give a shout out to Dr. Richard Carlson, who writes, um, he's got a whole series on, it's, they've been out forever, not forever, maybe like the 80s. Anyway, don't sweat them. Don't sweat the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. He's got a bunch of these little books, like for the family, for this, for that. Anyway, Richard Carlson um, <clears throat> is my inspiration today to, to speak with you about how to kind of avoid the habit of weatherproofing because it just doesn't go anywhere good. And so, you know, Richard, he's, he starts off, well, sort of starts off by saying, just as we can weatherproof a home for the winter by looking for cracks, leaks, and imperfections, we can also weatherproof, rather, weatherproof our relationships, even our lives, by doing the very same thing. Essentially, weatherproofing means that you are uh, on a careful lookout for what needs to be fixed or repaired. How many of us do this? I'm just saying. It's finding the cracks and the flaws of life and either trying to fix them or at least point them out to others. How many of us do that too? We may, we may not be fixing, but we may be acknowledging, you know, the negativity and the cracks and the crevices in, in, our, in ourselves and other people and circumstances. Jeez. Okay, so then not only does this tendency alienate you from other people, it makes you feel bad too. It encourages you to think about what's wrong with everything and everyone what you don't like. So rather than appreciating our relationships and our lives, weatherproofing encourages us to end up thinking that life isn't all it's cracked up to be. Nothing is ever good enough the way it is. Wow. He is just singing my tune with something that um, I already work at every day. I just sort of call it something different. So we've got the, the weatherproofing idea and we've also got the Tetris effect, which we've talked about before. And they're very similar. And I just thought about it this minute, actually. And that would be a shout out to Sean Aker, who wrote The Happiness Advantage, which is a book I love and use in my Minecraft class. But anyway, so the Tetris effect feeds right into this weatherproofing idea, because the Tetris effect is all about the brain loving patterns. The brain loves patterns, and they can be positive, negative, or anywhere in between. The brain doesn't really care about that. The brain just likes to do what's comfortable, what's familiar, what it's used to. And so if you remember with the Tetris effect, that phrase or term, term, phrase came from um, <clears throat> those who played the game Tetris. It's a video game for some of you who may not know, and it's about colors and shapes or colorful shapes and sort of organizing them and putting them, you know, in, in their places. And what happens is it can be as, as low as 
15 minutes. I think it even said five minutes. Let's just go with 15. But it doesn't have to be a lot of time playing the game. And the brain starts to kind of get hooked into this pattern creating thing. And so people have been known, even playing it that for that little amount of time, to walk into like a, a convenience store, a grocery store, or whatever, and their 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 brain starts to automatically like rearrange the cereal boxes by color or height or whatever. And so that's fine if that's you know positive and leading us to a good place. It's not so fine when the brain sort of latches onto a negative pattern. So what was found with that Tetris effect, very similar to this weatherproofing idea, specifically with accountants is when accountants spent all day, no, no offense to accountants, when accountants spent, you know, all day, you know, let's say during tax season looking for errors, it was found, you know, in research that many accountants, since they were so used to looking for errors all day long, would then transfer that when they left the office and would look for errors in their relationships and their lives, you know, just looking for thing that was, things that were wrong all around them. So really the Tetris effect seems very similar to weatherproofing and something that we definitely want to be aware of so that we can catch ourselves doing it and then, you know, stop. So Richard says, in our relationships, weatherproofing typically plays itself out like this. You meet someone and all is well. You're attracted to his or her appearance, personality, intellect, sense of humor, or some combination of these traits. Initially, you not only approve of your differences with this person, you actually appreciate them. You might even be attracted to the person in part because of how different you are. You have different opinions, preferences, tastes, and priorities. Okay, so that's the beginning. That's obviously the honeymoon phase. Okay, here comes the rest. After a while, however, you begin to notice little quirks about your new partner or friend, teacher, whoever, that you feel could be improved on. You bring it to their attention. You might say, you know, you sure have a tendency to be late, or I've noticed you don't read much. The point is, you've begun what inevitably turns into a way of life, looking for and thinking about what you don't like about someone or something that isn't quite right. That has me thinking about another book, which is actually about codependency, but that also falls in line just with this. And I can't quote it exactly, but basically the title is something like, I love you, now go away. It's something like that. And this is this is really about conditioning. And conditioning is just like a fancy, you know, psychology term for habit. You know, just this unconscious something we're doing. Um, and it can become conscious. We can catch ourselves. And that is the trick. Catching ourselves in this, you know, unfavorable habit, for lack of a better way to say it, of looking for what's wrong with people in our lives and or what's wrong with our life circumstances, you know, just sort of honing in on, you know, the holes of the Swiss cheese instead of the, you know, the cheese itself. That's kind of a goofy example. So I guess now to bring awareness and bring, you know, enlightenment, let's ask ourselves, okay, are you a weatherproofer? If you are, where do you think you weatherproof the most? Is it your partner, kids, uh, parents, coworkers, colleagues, Basically, that I guess that's the same thing. And is or is it and or is it life circumstances? When, where do you think you, if you do fall into this kind of you know habit, where do you think you do it most? It's really just good to ponder that. You know, think about it because awareness is just the key to all of it, to healing, 
and living our best lives, living our highest vibes. All of it starts with awareness because obviously we can't do what we don't know. We say that a lot, right? Once we know better, however, we can do better. So awareness is key because we can catch ourselves. And then we look for progress, not perfection. Perfection is a very, very bad word. You're better off dropping the F-bomb than using that word. Okay, so then Richard says, um, obviously, an occasional comment, constructive criticism, or helpful guidance isn't cause for alarm. I have to say, however, that in the course of working with hundreds of couples over the years, I met very few people who didn't feel that they were weatherproofed at times, by, or who didn't feel that they were weatherproofed at times by their partner. Occasional harmless comments have an insidious tendency to become a way of looking at life. That is so important because, again, remember, the brain likes patterns. The brain is also lazy. So put those two together. The brain is looking for what's comfortable and easy, that kind of cut grass path to follow. You can just walk on a bare feet or foot flip-flops. What's easy, what's familiar, and the brain just, like, races down that path. And so if we're not attenuating, which, of course, is a sexy 14-carat word for pay attention – if we're on autopilot instead of living deliberately, not paying attention, just think of how easy it can be to fall into this weatherproofing habit without even realizing it. True for lots of things. Is a brain lazy and loves patterns. That is so essential to understand. So then Richard says, when you are weatherproofing another human being, it says nothing about them, but it does define you as someone who needs to be critical. That is so important because we also talked about this need to be critical a few episodes ago. I think it was the ACOA one. Well, I've done a couple of them. And this also works for being critical of ourselves too, you know. But the person who needs to judge others and be critical, you know, Richard Carlson is absolutely right. There are lots and lots of people who have written and talked about this. It says everything about the, the criticizer, not the one being criticized, because it's it's it there's something missing on the inside of us if we're feeling the need to elevate ourselves at another's expense, even if they don't know. We can just be having critical judgmental thoughts too. And, you know, whenever that happens to me, I, I, I'm, cause I'm aware, I try very hard, even just some, some little dumb thing, right? I'm thinking in my head, okay, am I having a bad day? Like what's going on with me that I just had that thought that just like critiquing, you know, whatever. And I, it just, and I, I really do look inward with that. Cause I'm like, what do I not feel well? Did I not get enough sleep? You know, am I feeling insecure about something? Like, what's up with this? Because when we're walking around feeling whole and complete, and as the highest versions of ourselves, we don't have any desire in the world to criticize anybody or anything. The authentic self has no need to criticize anyone. So then uh, Richard Carlson winds this little bit up here with, he says, whether you have a tendency to weatherproof your relationships, certain aspects of your life or both, what you need to do is write off weatherproofing as a bad idea. It's kind of like we've been saying about with the Nike thing, just do it, like just don't do it. It's, it is that simple, that easy, maybe not, that simple, yes. As the habit creeps into your thinking, catch yourself and seal your lips. That's pretty clear. The less often you weatherproof your partner or your friends, the more you'll notice how super your life really is. Okay, so that's it. Stop weatherproofing. It's not good. Very bad idea. Okay, this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont in the deep breeze. Have a mindful, mindful day.